Welcome to Keeping It 100 with Dr. Robin. And guess what? I'm Dr. Robin. Whoever you are and wherever you are, whatever time you've taken in order to, to listen to this podcast, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Well, let me tell you a little bit about who I am. But that has nothing to do with that podcast. This podcast has to do with the ministry God has given me, a ministry that would help to bring the church and the unchurched, the clergy and the lay, those that are affiliated with spiritual matters and those that are just seeking to understand spiritual matters, help to bring them together. I'm here to, to, to build a bridge. And hopefully we can cross that bridge with integrity, with honesty, and with transparency. You see, I was raised not in the church, but in the world. And I became, I was saved at 25. Well, you can do a lot of things by the time you get 25. So but when I got saved, one of the first things that I thought about was, wow, how come they didn't tell me sooner? I lived my life on happenstance and I didn't have to. I lived thinking that the only hope I had was it something would accidentally fall in my lap? And I didn't have to. And then the second thing I thought was, huh, the people where I grew up could really use this information. They could do so much better for themselves if they knew there was actually some hope, that they knew that there was something that could be done about their circumstances. And so that's the ministry that God gave me, to build a bridge. You see, I have this unique quality of being able to see both sides of the same coin. Because I was raised in the world and not in the church, I understand the world. And because I left the world, not because I was failing in the world, but because I fell in love with Jesus Christ, I see it through a different eye. But I'm also an ordained minister, which means I'm, not, I'm matriculated through the church and into the pulpit. I have a doctor's degree in theology. And this is what God has chosen for my purpose. So together, I want us to build a bridge on transparency, build a bridge on integrity, that those in the church and those not yet affiliated with the church will be able to find a little common ground. We'll have a little bit more understanding about their circumstances. Because isn't that what it's all about? You see, Jesus Christ didn't die contrary to popular belief for the church. Jesus Christ died for people and he used the church to disseminate the information. Nonprofits, I have good news for you. Are you tired of spending more time writing for funding than serving? If so, call Dr. Biswag and let her be your writing arm. Think about it. No employee fees, no workers comp, she adds value you can see on your bottom line. 20 plus years experience that is yours on request. Pay only when you need help, but nothing for downtime. Get started at http.drbizswag.com. The doctor can help. Hey, this is Dr. Robbie. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to come out of the book of Jeremiah. Now this podcast, although it is a Christian podcast for sure, it also seeks to clarify for those that may not yet be a part of the family of faith. You see, sometimes you need to do your due diligence before you jump into something, just like you would before you buy a house or a car or take on a project or a new job or whatever 
some anything that you're going to have for a long period of time, you need to do your due diligence to make sure that it's what you need. And some people are doing their due diligence in considering the family of faith. And I believe that my job is to provide a bit of clarity. God gave me the opportunity to become a theologian. So I'm going to take that opportunity and that knowledge that God provided for me, and I'm going to disseminate it back so that somebody might get some clarity. You see, I want to clarify for those who think that they know but aren't quite sure that they know that what they know is right. For those that have heard about, seen about, but don't quite understand what it's all about. For those that have heard about something, talked about something, been about something, but have had so many people give them so many variations that they no longer understand anything. They no longer know what they think. And that's a lot of confusion. Because let's face it, sometimes those of us that are in the family of faith, we take it and we we take the word of God and we sort of sloganize it. We say things that are familiar to those that are within the family of faith and we use it as an everyday slogan. Won't God do it? <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> what that means is that God has always come through. You know that he's always come through. And even though you might doubt it sometime, he will come through. Won't God do it? That's what that means. I'm rebuking it in the name of Jesus. That means that you know that what's happening couldn't possibly be from God because it doesn't reflect his character. And so if it's not from God, you know that it's from the enemy. And if it's from the enemy, I rebuke it or I come against it in Jesus' name, which is the big, the, great, the greatest power that there is. That's what that means. And because we in the family faith sometimes forget that everyone doesn't always understand what we're saying. Sometimes there needs to be some clarity. So that's going to be my job. And today we're coming out of Jeremiah. God gave me Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter. But the whole book of Jeremiah speaks of a time when God was angry with his chosen people. You see, there was a tribe called the Israelites. And God literally chose them. He said, you are my people and I am your God. Wow. Can you imagine? That's like a hallelujah moment. You are my people and I am your God. Does it get any better than that? How about having a God that you belong to that can do anything? Well, that's what happened with the, with the, with the Israelites. He brought them out of captivity because when he told them that, they were in slavery. He brought them out of captivity. They went across the Red Sea. They went across the desert, which they called the wilderness. He sustained them by day and he 
fed them. He sustained them by night. And their clothes and their shoes never wore out all so they could get across the wilderness to the land of milk and honey. And when they got there, he simply told them that I love you and I'm going to be with you. All you have to do is remember my commandments. Do the best that you can to remember my commandments. And here are my commandments. There's ten of them. Put me first. Always put me first. And remember my commandments. And I will protect you for all the days of your life. And those of your children's life. And those of your children's children's lives. But you know what they did, right? They said that they would do this for a time. Until they started meeting other tribes that didn't know God for themselves. Now they too, these other tribes, had their own gods. But they were gods that they created with their own hands. They were gods of stone, gods of wood, gods even of gold and silver. But they were created with the hands of man. So these gods couldn't talk and these gods couldn't walk and these gods couldn't perform miracles. But they prayed to these gods and happenstance would have it that sometimes if you pray, if I pray 24 hours a day, every solitary day for one thing, if it happens, it may happen by happenstance, but because I've been praying for it for all that time, well, But that's what they did. They prayed to these gods that were created with their own hands. And the Israelites became foolish. Foolish in that they took on and they also prayed to these gods. They prayed to the gods that couldn't walk and the gods that couldn't talk and the gods that were made from the hands of man. And they married in places where God told them not to. And they did those things and they disobeyed the Ten Commandments that he gave them. And they did it over and over and over again. Because that's what people do, right? People get beyond themselves and people get egos and people believe that they are more than they are. And that's what people do. So the book of Jeremiah speaks of how God was angry with them for worshiping other gods. And he was angry for them. For the abominations, for the hurt and the, the evil things that they had done to other people. He was angry with them. And through the entire book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah the prophet spoke to them. God spoke to Jeremiah. Jeremiah spoke to them. And he told them how angry God was. And if they didn't stop what God was going to do. But because it didn't happen immediately. They figured they were getting away with something. But did you know that a day to God is like a thousand years to us? So if God was upset for 400, for, 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 half, for half a day, that was like 500 years. So of course it didn't happen because our lives did not go on like God. We are not infinite people. We are finite so because it didn't happen, there was no wrath right away. They just continued to do it. And God continued to tell them 
over and over what not to do and how and and and, and how he wanted them to turn back to him. And a matter of fact, it got so bad that it was not just the people. It was also the religious leaders. They were leading the people astray for their own indigenous. Jeremiah would say something and they would say, don't listen to him. Listen to us. We're the religious leaders. And isn't it somewhat like that today? You see, those that stand in the pulpit have a responsibility to give you the word of God. Those that are called by God have a responsibility to teach the people to disseminate the word as given in their hearts. That's where we got our Holy Bible. It was God giving the word through his people and they wrote it down. Divinely inspired. But sometimes even the religious leaders are twisting things for their own agenda. Sometimes they tickle the ears of those that want to hear a certain message so that they can increase their influence, their bank accounts, the size of the church. And they and because of this, people sitting on the pew aren't getting what they need. Because how can they hear if, if the preacher does not preach? And in the book of Jeremiah, all of this went through the whole book, but in the 23rd chapter, He tells of good news. He says, he's talking about how the people have been disobedient and how he has scattered them throughout. He scattered them then they, and that they had to leave their own country. They were taken in captivity. They scattered them far and wide. But in the 23rd chapter, he taught, he gives them the good news. He said, but fear not because I will bring the remnant back. In the third chapter, he says, but I will gather together the remnant of my flock from the countries where I have driven them. I will bring them back to their own sheepfold and they will be fruitful and increase in number. Then I will appoint responsible shepherds who will care for them, and they will never be afraid again. Not a single one will be lost or missing. I, the Lord, have spoken. He says he will bring back the remnant. Now for you, those of you that may not know exactly what a remnant is, a remnant is someone that has been a part of a bigger group that has died away 
and they are what is left. And some people believe that the remnants are only on the pews in the brick and mortar church. And that's simply just not true. Of course, there are some remnants that are on the pews, but there are other remnants that have been run out of the church. There are other remnants that had circumstances happen that in their life where they are no longer a part of an associated venue. There are some remnants that are out there that have been scattered far and wide. You see, a remnant is not necessarily a member of a church. A remnant is someone that belongs to God and God belongs to them. They keep God's commandments in their heart. They do everything they can, every possible thing that they can to follow God. And I'm not saying that they don't mess up, but their intentions are always to follow and serve. That is a remnant. And you might be a remnant. For those of my brothers and sisters that are out there that are in the family of faith, you may be the remnant. You see, because sometimes the remnant can't figure out why they're doing what they're doing. Everything around them says they ought to be mad at God. But yet, when he calls, they are always quick to go. Some of them believe that they have been forgotten. Yet let an opportunity come across their path to help someone, and they're the first one there. They may be in dire straits themselves, but yet when God commands them to pray for someone, they are the first to hit their knees. If that describes you, you probably are a remnant. Though you slay me, yet will I serve you. Though you feel like you've been abandoned, you continue to serve. Though you are exhausted, you continue to go forward. Though you simply don't understand, you continue to follow. And God has said, that he will gather the remnant. From countries where I have driven them. From areas where I have driven them. From places far from where they started. And I will bring them back into their own sheepfold. I will gather them together. In their own circle in their own territory, in the territory that I will give them, and they will be fruitful and increase in number. That the word would go forth and hit from one remnant to another remnant to another remnant, that it will continue to go far and wide, and the numbers will continue to increase, that more and more will realize that they are a part of the remnant. And then I will appoint responsible shepherds who will care for them. And they will never be afraid again. Not a single one will be lost or missing. I, 
the Lord have spoken. Not a single one will be lost or missing. Do you know what that means? That means that though you have been scattered, God knows exactly where you are. Though your circumstances has changed, he hasn't stopped looking out after you. Though you feel like you have been tossed away, he is holding you in the palm of his hand. Not a single one will be lost or missing. Means that no matter what the enemy throws at you, God will hold a standard. He will put up a barrier between you and what the enemy is trying to do against you. That's good news in the house. That remnant that he speaks of will be regathered together and he will do a new thing. And I believe that he's doing a new thing for such a time as this. So if you're feeling thrown away, if you're feeling like he's forgotten about you, if you don't understand why you keep serving, even though everything and everybody says you need to just stop, you're a remnant. If you're listening to this podcast and you got no idea why you're listening to this podcast, if you're not a part of the family faith but you seem to want to listen to the podcast, if you're seeking out clarification on things that you say you don't believe in, then perhaps you will be a part of the remnant. You see, the room that doesn't have to be around a long time. You see, you have the same benefits if you get saved right now as those that have been saved for 100 years. So you don't have to sit on a pew for 15, 20 years. You don't have to have a membership. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to do anything. You just have to be chosen by God to be a remnant. And remember this good news. Because as the remnant, you will be used to complete God's purpose. As the remnant, you will be protected because not one will be lost or missing. As the remnant, you will be just like the Israelites. You will be his people, and he will be your God. Hmm. That's the podcast for today. Be woke. Be safe. Be loved. In Christ. Bye for now.